by Didier Drogba. Yes, the greatest night in Chelsea's history. Champions of Europe at last. Welcome back to another episode of the SW6 Daily Podcast. You know, listen, you know, I, like this is something I keep saying over and over again. The guest, the level of guests keeps on going higher and higher. Some people DM me, they're asking you, Dan, when are you going to chill out? You know, like you've got this free podcast, you're getting all these magnificent guests. And then every single time I come back, it comes back with somebody more gargantuan. Now, my next guest, I don't even think he really needs that much of an introduction because everybody on the platform knows who he is. He has pictures with every single player you can ever... Like, literally, this man ratios people in their comments with pictures of other players. And, like, obviously, apart from that, he's a fantastic businessman and he's got so many other things going for him. But, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I've got on Frank Khalid. Frank, how are you doing? I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I'm well, dummy. How about yourself? How are you doing? Looking forward to this, actually. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I'm, I'm very privileged that you asked me to come on. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming on, Frank. Really do appreciate your SW6. Honestly, we do. Jay is going to be my co-host today. Jay, what's the same? Yeah, I'm good, man. Do you know what? With Frank, it's really interesting that we get lots of guests on and, and people always have something to say, but you never, ever hear a bad word about Frank Khaled on the timeline. And that says something about his character and about the person he is. So today's episode is going to be gargantuan, as you say, Dami. It is simply class. And, you know, like I said, I don't mess around. I don't mess around. Quality only. Five stars every single time. So I'm just going to jump straight into the question. And obviously, Frank, you know, this is we're still in a bit of transfer season at the moment. And everybody's uh, really looking at getting Edward Mendy. So he's been someone that we've been linked to for quite some time now. And we were not really too sure about stock materializing. But every single person that is reputable at the moment seems to say that it's a done deal. So what are your thoughts on uh, Edward Mendy and the signing out now? How do you think it's going to help us next season? Um, I, think, I think it's the right thing to do. I mean, obviously, Mendy, Mendy's uh, price tag isn't as much as perhaps other goalkeepers in the market at the moment. And with Mendy, I, I think we do need Kepa. We spent a lot of money on Kepa, and the problem with Kepa at the moment is his confidence is way down at the moment. Yeah. And I just think a bit of competition, having Mendy there, We'll put that pressure on him. And Mendy isn't a bad goalkeeper at all. I think, um, you know, he's someone that actually looks... Uh, I've, I've watched videos of him. He looks very dominant in the air. He looks very yeah. strong. He's obviously very tall, which helps as well. So having someone like that competing for that, um, uh, not, you know, the, uh, the first team you know, goalkeeper position is important for us. I mean, Willie's done all right. Don't get me wrong. I think I like Willie a lot, but I feel that Mendy will actually, you know... Um, make a difference and that's what we need at the back I think uh, last season when we saw Kepa play he played all right but obviously he wasn't very dominant when he came out for set pieces and Mendy looks like a goalkeeper that can can obviously dominate yeah yeah that's true that's true do you see him as someone that's going to come in and start or do you think Kepa will uh, be number one going into sort of the first few games of the season until um, Mendy's possibly announced or do you think he's going to come in as someone that's uh, clearly second place at the moment and is going to push Kepa to perhaps be better than he's been over the last few seasons? No, I personally think that Kepa will start. Um, I think Mendy will be there and I think um, Lampard will obviously give Kepa a chance and obviously as soon as he sees any mistakes or anything or any lack of confidence, then I think Mendy will go in there. But I don't think it's the right thing to put him in straight away. I think he needs to have a look at the Premier League a little bit. Obviously, sitting on the bench, he'll have a better idea of what happens and uh, you know, he'll learn very quickly. Um, no, I think he'll start off with Kepa, personally. Mm, mm. I mean, I do see, because like, as much as um, everybody has their preferences for the goalkeepers and everything, and I, do, I would like to see Mendy in goal as soon as possible, personally. But like, uh, at the end of the day, you can't really expect him to start off from the beginning, like you said. So Kepa is probably going to see some, I don't know, maybe the first one, two, three games, and then maybe we'll get to see Mendy. And then based on his performance, because, I mean, one thing about Frank is, I mean, he's getting in all these players, getting in Werner, getting in Ziyech, getting in Havertz, and we'll talk about this much later. But he's getting in all these players. But one thing I do appreciate and rate about Lampard is he doesn't really care who you are. He just plays you based on how you feel you're performing. And like I keep telling people, 
with Mendy coming in, it's only going to hopefully raise the bar for Kepa because now he knows that he's not got any other... Comp- he's actually got competition that can put him on the bench. Do you know what I mean? With no disrespect to Caballero, he's a good keeper at his age especially, but I don't think he was going to be... He was ever going to be like our first-choice keeper because of how old he is and um, the fact that he probably... I mean, maybe he's going to retire very soon. So that's just how things are. So that's Mendy aside, and that's one of the players that we're still looking to sign. Another player that's rolling off everybody's tongue is Mr. Declan Rice. Now, listen, Declan is someone that I was one of those. I was like, hmm, I wasn't too sure about the player, but over time, he grew on me, and I started watching more games about him. And once we saw that Frank was possibly going to play with two attacking eights, which is something that everyone has been talking about, we're not too sure about that since, uh, like, we haven't really seen them play this season, and the fact that Havertz and Ziyech play in the half space and all that. But tactics aside, what do you think of the Declan Rice rumours? And do you think... Uh, is something that could possibly happen. Now, what's your thought? Like, what are your thoughts on the players? I personally think it can happen, but I'm not sure whether it's going to be this uh, transfer window. It might be mm. the future ones. Um, he wants to come to us. I can feel that. Obviously, you can see um, just the way he is mixing with a lot of the Chelsea boys. He loves Chelsea. Yeah. Um, follows a lot of Chelsea Twitter um, people. He follows me on Twitter. He follows uh, quite a few of the big accounts. And um, I got the feeling that, yeah, if, we, if his opportunity does arise, he will come. But obviously, it depends on West Ham. Um, it depends on West Ham how, obviously, how desperate they will be to get money in, wherever they will sell him. I can't see them selling him this um, transfer window because I think there'll be such a backlash from the fans, from West Ham fans, to the board and to the manager that, you know, it just wouldn't make sense for them to sell him. But yeah, I mean, if opportunity does arise, um, I can't see Chelsea paying the fee that they're asking for, though. If it's going to happen, it'll have to happen a lot lower than the 18 million that they're asking for. Yeah. And um, Frank, I spoke to someone earlier today and we were talking about Declan Rice and how if he were to join the club, um, it's, it's evidently clear that he has leadership qualities that not many other players possess in the Premier League. I think that's fair enough to say. He's, he's 21, 22 years old and he's captain of uh, West Ham, who are rather aside they're a big London club now I was saying do you think it's more valuable for him to to come to Chelsea this summer um, play the role that he would play but not be captain or spend another season at West Ham where we don't know whether they're going to really struggle or do really well and be captain and play every minute of every game and develop further and then bring him in next, next summer do you think that would be a better option or do you think get him when we can get him as early as possible and, and, and sort of blood him in with the squad I think we should get him as soon as possible because I think um, this summer, because of the pandemic, because of the economy, the situation of con- economy, you know, we do have an upper hand on other clubs. And I think um, West Ham will be looking to buy. And obviously, before they can buy, they have to sell. And, you know, if they can get a bit of money for him and if we're offering, if we pressurise him, if the player puts a transfer request as well, I mean, we do, I, mean I get that feeling that he does want to come. It all just depends on of how you know how the next few weeks play out a little bit, but I would like him ASAP now. Um, but of course, if it's a question, it all depends on West Ham, doesn't it? Um, I, I can see a backlash happening if he, you know, if he if he leaves West Ham, um, the board will get it. I think they've just been criticised. They let another young player go, haven't they, uh, recently? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. You know, I don't know. Chelsea won him. Chelsea not willing to pay the fee. If there's a deal to be done, it all depends on West Ham. Um, I know that we uh, early in the window we did offer players in exchange and some money. They didn't want that. Obviously, Michi now is going to Crystal Palace. He's one of the players that we offered. So I don't know. I've I, I got no idea. But I would prefer him to come, and I think he wants to come. Mm. But, okay. I mean, like you said, like the when it comes to the fees as well, it's not something I was too sure about. If you get what I mean, because um, like even Havertz, like I, I wasn't expecting Marina to. Do, I mean, she needs a statue, man. She does need a statue. Like, that lady, she's fantastic. But like, so like, I mean, she does such a good job of like, what, like she's very good at what she does. And like, like you said, even the money is quite a lot. I think it's like eighty million pounds or thereabouts. I feel like maybe she could bring it down. But even with money aside, though, before we like move on from Declan, I want to ask you. Do, because personally, I would see him more... I mean, I see he's very similar to Ethan Ampudu in the sense that they are both um, very 
um, flexible in two positions, if that makes sense. So we yeah. both they can either play DM or center back. I've always preferred I'm I'm, I'm as a center back, and I prefer Declan as a, like a holding midfielder of some sort. So maybe possibly someone that could play where Kante plays whenever he's not playing. So do you see him more as a DM or do you see him more as a center back? And what would you think we would be signing him as primarily? That's a hard one because obviously initially they were talking about centre back uh, initially, but um, he seems to be doing such a good um, job in defensive midfielder. I think ideally probably defensive midfielder, wouldn't it? Because he's good at um, winning the ball, good at getting the um, uh, you know good at moving the ball very quickly. Um, he's obviously got a lot of energy, um, quite tall as well, can win the ball strong. I think. At the moment, I think defensive midfield would be his better position for us if he was to come, rather mm. than central defender. Mm. But obviously, the, the benefit of having him is that he can play in both positions. Yeah. So, you know, again, that's something, again, similar to um, Ampadu as well. He's very similar as well because he had injuries last season. I think the whole idea of him going out alone was just so he can get a bit, of, a bit more experience in the Premier League. Yeah. Yeah, that makes total sense. And now, Frank, we have to talk about him. Um, he is the man who, who it seems like you have a very, very good relationship with, obviously attended your daughter's wedding. Um, we are talking about N'Golo Kante, obviously talking about the, uh, sort of, we'll say CDM role, defensive midfield role um, with Rice coming. It's a very competitive role in the club. Um, I personally think it's the most competitive position we have. Um, now, with Kante, we've seen him rumoured away. We've also seen him uh, wearing the captain's armband. So we get a lot of mixed messages as fans as to about his role and, and what his purpose is in the squad. Um, how do you see him fitting in? Do you see him staying? Do you see him as, as captain material? Or do you think that it's time uh, for him to maybe go, go somewhere else? Not because he's not good enough, but because maybe we're looking to bring in some, some younger players? Or do you think, um, like I think personally, that he, he deserves to stay and he's, he's arguably still our, our best player when everyone's um, at the top level? Personally, I, I would like him to stay. I know he wants to stay as well. Um, you know, when you, when you class players as world-class, there's very few of them. And when he was there with um, uh, Eden Hazard, those were our two world-class players. And, you know, he's 29 years old. Yes, he's, 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 he's older than most of the players down there, but his experience is really important. He's been there, done it, he's played in World Cup finals. Um, he, last season, he was injured for the majority of the season, but that's just one season. I mean, people do have injury problems. Harry Kane has injury problems, but it doesn't mean you go and sell them, do you? You don't sell your best players. So for me, personally, I think we need to hang on to him. Um, I'm not quite sure if he's captain material. He's not the most vocal person. He's very quiet, very shy. I think, we should, let, we should leave that with Aspie. Um, Aspie's done a really good job last season. Um, but yeah, for me, you, if, you, if we're going to win anything with these exciting players we now have got, you need an Agolo Kante in there. You know, he's um, experienced. He's, I would have him as a defensive midfielder rather than uh, attacking. Um, you know, that's where he's more suited to protect that back four. We had so many issues last season, so many goals conceded. Um, he wasn't, he wasn't played in that position, defensive mm -hmm. midfield. And when he did play in it, in the year that we won the Premiership, he was player of the year. So, you know, you, it's quality. And I wouldn't, no point selling him. Mm -hmm. And like, also another thing as well is like, a lot of people have um, felt like, um, because he's always been someone that's played in like a double pivot as well, that he might not really be able to, because they feel like he's a bit on because he's get, obviously getting older and he's been getting more injured more frequently, unfortunately, because of age. And obviously, he has this engine and he his game is based mainly off that. But I think a lot of something that a lot is something that a lot of people have forgotten about is the fact that I mean, he speaks French, correct? He's, he does speak okay. French, doesn't he? And my starting center back partnership next season is Thiago Silva and Kurt Zuma. I mean, sure. that triangle, that triangle is going to be communicating really, really well, especially if we're going to play with um, a lot of people going forward. They're going to have really good communication, obviously. I know he's not the most vocal person, but, like, he's one of those players that can lead by example. And I just feel that's why I also mentioned, like, that's why I really want us to get Declan Rice, because I don't want us to run Kante into the ground. When Kante is playing at his best, he's okay. like, oh, he's, the, he's like the best one of the... 
the best defensive midfielder in town. I mean, not I mean, yeah, one of the best defensive midfielders in town. So when it comes to like um, people undermining what he thinks he can do and everything, I just find it a bit like interesting. But just before we hop on to the next topic, do you think he's um, better suited to play with somebody else? Because like you know how on that um, Conte's winning winning season, um, he played beside Matic. He also played beside Drinkwater at Leicester. And then he's always had like a partner in France to play with Paul Pogba. Or do you think he was um, better suited to like the DM position? What do you think is uh, better suited for Kante? I think you've hit the nail on the head. I think he does need a partner who's kind of yeah. defensive like he is. Um, and that's probably why you, I know you mentioned Declan Rice, but Declan Rice and him together, wouldn't yeah. be bad. They could do both roles and, you know, it would give Declan license to go forward a little bit. Yeah, I think he needs a partner. And I think that's and that's been mainly the issue when he's had when he's been up there with Jorginho, he struggled a little bit. Um, obviously, Jorginho can't give him. He's not. I mean, Jorginho was fantastic last season. He's attack, you know, attacking wise, but defensive wise, his lack of pace. You know, we we conceded a few goals because of his lack of pace, and we sort of struggled a little bit. Mm. So for me, I think he definitely needs someone up there that can give him a hand. Mm. You know. It's been so brilliant, man. You've just got Kante, then you've got Thiago Silva, you've got um, Zuma, you've got Mendy, the keeper, as well, when he does play. So, could it be an interesting one. And now, I mean, speaking on all these players, like Thiago Silva, especially. So, now, um, we're recording this on the Thursday evening, and um, uh, Chelsea's going to play in Brighton Woo! in the first game of the season. I can't wait for that game. I really can't wait for that game. We're going to be playing them um, on the Monday, I think Monday evening, but... I mean, we've all, I mean, I don't know if you've had the chance to see um, Frank's presser earlier on in the day. I so, did. I mean, yeah, Ziyech is out, Chilwell is out, Thiago Silva, Kovacic is suspended, Gilmore is not going to play. What do you think that starting 11 is going to be? Because that's the question that's been going off everybody's tongue. We don't, like, everybody's trying, everybody has their own combination. I find it very difficult to find two people that agree on the same formation and line up at once. So, with all of that in mind, what do you think we're going to see on Monday? Because obviously, I'm as much as I'd love to see Havertz, I just feel like he hasn't been here long enough for Frank to chuck him. I feel like out of all the new signs, if anyone's going to start, probably going to be Werner. But what do you think we're going to see on the, on the Monday? I hope. I mean, rather than knowing, it's more hoping that he plays mm. um, Havertz up there. For mm. me, the fun um, for me, the team would be up front would be Timo Werner. Okay. And uh, it's a Pulisic. I'm not sure how fit he is, but I'll play him. Yeah. Um, and then obviously on the other side, um, just trying to think, maybe Mason Mount. Mm. And then uh, and then obviously you've got Habits, probably Kante. And then obviously I would I would play. Yeah, defensive wise, I'll play what he played last season, which was basically the five. Um, the five at the back with wing backs. I think I'll play okay. that. Okay. But because obviously it's the first game back, and also he has left back, he doesn't have much of a choice. I, I, you know, he's either got Emerson or Lonzo. Yeah. Now, Lonzo's strength is, is obviously um, the wing back. Yeah. So having him as wing back, having James on the other wing, and then yeah. obviously having three centre backs. And then obviously the three centre backs, I would choose obviously Aspie. I'll definitely have um, Zuma in there. Mm. And obviously a, a third central defender who would be either Christensen or, or Rudiger. Most mm. likely probably Rudiger, I guess. Mm. And also play Kepper and Gold. That's that's how I would play it. Mm. And like I mean I can sort of see that as well because like everybody's I don't know if a lot of people have really thought about it too well. A lot of the players that we've just signed can't really play because they're either injured or like having to like yeah. sit out of stuff. So like I mean, yeah, I think we're probably going to see a very familiar squad on Monday as well, like with the exception of like maybe Werner. Havertz, I'm on my knees. <laughs> I pray he starts. I really do hope he does start. But like, yeah, most like out of the three, I do see um, Werner starting, like you said. I mean, also, before we move on to the next question, Jay, what do you think is going to happen with that lineup? Are you thinking the uh, same thing with Frank? What do you think? Would you match his formation? I, know. Um, I, think, I think he'll play a 4-3-3 long term so I think maybe against Brighton who um, are an exciting team under an exciting manager I personally think but they're not the strongest um, for me I'd like to see um, a 4-3-3 with uh, Werner spearheading it, Pulisic out on the left Hudson-Odoi on the right because he had a fantastic game for the, uh, the England under-21s 
Um, I'd play Kante, Mount, Havertz. Um, who do I play at left back? That's a tough one. I'll give it. I'll give it to Alonso. Then I'll play um, Zuma, Aspi, Reese, James, and Kepa. Hmm. I mean, that's interesting. Like I said, everybody, like, nobody knows. Like, like I said, it's difficult to find some two set of individuals or more people that do agree with, like, um, with this, on the same formation, if you know what I mean. The thing is, though, Frank's been really intelligent in the sense that when you have someone like Marcos Alonso, who's so, so good in one position, it makes sense to, to sort of work a team to, to most players' strengths. Reese is obviously amazing at crossing the ball in as well, so I can, I can totally understand why why that formation would be played. And, and if it was, then I'd be more than happy with it. I just want to see Havertz, Pulisic, Werner and Hudson-Odoi starting, to be honest with you. Okay, then with that said then, Frank, what do you think is going to happen on the day? What sort of football do you think we're going to see? And what do you think the score is going to be? Would you have like your prediction? You know, the problem with Chelsea is they're so unpredictable last season. I'm not sure what's going to happen this season, but I like to see, I like to think that we're going to be a goal for it. So I think there'll be quite a few goals uh, we saw in the friendly it was one all. Um, obviously, we just had the two playing that day, Werner and uh, Zurich, the new players. Um, it's the same defence, same goalkeeper, same everything. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for the first game that we sort of, with Pulisic there being, I'm hoping we score a few goals. Actually, I think we could win three one. Maybe, you know, I'm pretty sure we can get quite a few, you know, a few goals. It's a very attacking lineup. Uh, um, a very attacking team, sorry, should I say. Not, we don't know what the lineup's going to be, but yeah, even having Pulisic there and having Werner up there, I mean, God, the pace is going to be absolutely, you know, every attack that we're going to go on, pace is going to be there. You've got um, Habits where he's, you know, aerial threat as well. Um, and like I said, if you've got, if, if Rhys James does play and Lonzo does play, you've got additional people that can cross the ball. But um, we've got players, you know, we'll have players on the bench that can change the game as well. You talk about formats. I mean, the great thing about this is, yeah, you can change the format so many times because we've got so many players that are adaptable and um, so many things we can do. I mean, we plan A, plan B, but you can almost have a plan C in there as well. You know, so many different people and so many players that can make a difference. Tammy off the bench, Olivia Guru can make a difference, you know, impact, and obviously Callum Um and I agree with you, uh, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, he, he can make a, a big impact. The only reason why I'm not keen of him doing it straight away is because I just want Pulisic back in there because Pulisic was in great form before yeah. he got injured. And, you know, if, if he, if, even if he's on there for, for however long he is, it's going to obviously cause a bit of damage to the Brighton defence. Yeah, another, yeah. Another thing I wanted to say, sorry, is a lot of the games I watched last season, we, have, we had a very slow start and... We give smaller teams uh, opportunity to get their confidence up and, and play against us. And really, one thing we don't do is really go for that team from the beginning, from the very first minute, like Liverpool do, and sort of, you know, score a few goals before the opposition starts getting back into the game. So, for me, I think we should have our strongest team out there from the beginning. I couldn't agree more with you. I think going, going to attack aggressive, high-press from the beginning is how we should be uh, setting precedent for the season. Now, Frank, just before we move on, um, you know, I know, the listeners know that Dami often zings questions at people. He asked you for your prediction. You said 3-1. I'm just going to quickly ask Dami, what do you think the score prediction is going to be? Personally, I think it's going to be 2-0 to Chelsea. Uh, Dami, what do you think it is? Wow, I mean, I was in, I mean, oh, wow. I'm, I'm honoured to answer the podcast. <laughs> I never get to answer them. Um... Prediction-wise, I, I, I think we're going to just outclass Brighton with no disrespect to them. I just feel like um, with what Frank has done, with getting in the new coaches, I think he's really good with defence and everything. And I just feel like, I mean, I know Werner alone is going to be something else. Do you know what I mean? So just imagine like, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm not too sure about the lineup. Either one of the lineups you mentioned will do some serious damage. So I'm going to go with like 3-0. 3-0. Yeah, I believe we're going to keep a clean show. We're going to just do some, we're going to start off the season with some strong intent. And I think our first game on this side, wasn't that against Brighton, I think? And we beat them 3-0 as well. I think, was it, was it Brighton? I, think I honestly I think can't remember. Wait, think, when was that? I think when, when, 2018. I think, was it Brighton? No, I don't think it was Brighton. I'm trying to think now who we played first game of the season. 
Or was it Kante that I think Kante scored in that game as well? That was a game. Kante scored first. Jorginho scored the penalty. It was Huddersfield. Uh, Huddersfield, yeah. Huddersfield. Oh, okay, yeah. 2019-19 yeah. season. Yeah, we won yeah. 4-0, didn't we? I think we won 4-0 that game, didn't we? Um, I don't know. I just, I just, it's just Huddersfield. For all this, let me drop a fun fact. The last time Chelsea started the season on the Monday, we won the league. I rest my case. Jay. <laughs> <laughs> That's all that needs to be said, right? So, Frank, moving on, um, you mentioned Liverpool and how Liverpool uh, begin games and they start attacking with aggression. Um, I wanted to, to pose you a question to sort of not, not catch you out, but to get your perspective a little bit more. Obviously, um, the Premier League is full of quality teams, but I just wanted to know how you think the season is going to go in terms of the top six. Um, so I'd love to hear from sixth to first how you think the, uh, the league's going to pan out. Um, that would be, that'd be really interesting to see your perspective on that. You know, it's very hard to predict what's going to happen. We obviously know Liverpool, Man City have got settled teams and they're very strong. Man United haven't finished their transfer business. They could possibly buy a couple more players to make them stronger. Um, with ourselves, it's just unpredictable. We've now obviously added a bit of a... Uh, world-class players to the team that was already already doing well anyway. Um, for me, for me, you want me to tell you the positions? What I think will, ha will happen? So I start from six. I think that will obviously be uh, Spurs. Arsenal will be fifth. Mm. Yeah, I can't see them. I can't see them um, getting into top four with their signings that they've done. Um, fourth, I reckon it'll be Man United. Mm. Third. I'm going to go for Liverpool third because I think Ooh, there was, there was, there's a reason for it. There were signs last season that they were they were sort of they they weren't playing to the level that they were in the beginning of the season and they lost a few mm. games. Didn't they? The Watford one being one, they lost to us in the FA Cup. Man City stuffed stuffed them badly. Obviously, maybe they took the foot off the gas. I don't know, mm. but they could have. You know, I don't. I can't see them repeat what they did last season, the way mm. they played. Um, so I think they'll be third. And I think Man City will be second. And I reckon we'll be first. I honestly believe Yay! it. I honestly believe it. I have faith because I think we've got the team. I think we've got... Um, obviously, it all depends on our defence, obviously, because that's what yeah. more than anything else. But I think having Thiago Silva there is going to make a massive difference. I think he's going to settle that back for, uh, you know, the, the back four. Hopefully he will... Um, sort out any issues there have been in the past because the goals we concede are so stupid and mistakes yeah, and, yeah. you know that's what frustrates me so much the way we can you know it's not just the goals we can see but it's the way we can see them as well yeah yeah so hopefully he'll bring that valuable experience into that um into the back four mm. frank what you do you know the thing is like with me you know the thing is because i don't you I believe that, you need to believe you need to believe if you don't believe in your team <laughs> You can't, you know, at the end of the day, we've got a team now. Let's just believe what they're going to do. Mm. The thing is, the reason why I haven't decided to say that as well is because, because the other day I tweeted this. I said, I don't, I, I can't remember, I don't, I'm paraphrasing myself here, but I said, I don't want to get ahead of myself, okay? And I don't want to put pressure on the players because, I mean, I do know they use social media, but I think we should go out and win the league because this window has been out of this world. Like, I haven't seen a window this good since... I mean, I've been supporting Chelsea for 20 years. I don't think... When Roman Abramovich came around um, the uh, first time... I mean, not the first time. I mean, when he came around initially, that window was really good. One way he got that. Like, was it 05, 06 or 04, 05? That was a brilliant window. And 14, 15 wasn't as good, but it was also really exciting. Costa and, um, and Fabregas were two legendary signings for the club. But this season... You've got Kai Havertz, you've got Timo Werner, you've got Hakim Ziyech, you've got Ben Chilwell, you've also got Thiago Silva, you've got the keeper probably going to get, you've probably got Declan Rice, you've got Mumbaya. Who else have you got in that team that I've missed out? I'm sure I've missed out on somebody. Well, even if you look at the players that played last season, Pulisic mm. now has had one yeah. season of the Premiership. And, 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 you know, the last few games of the season, he was playing out of his skin. And yeah. Then you've got our academy players. That have yeah. got one year experience now. They're going to be better for it. They're going to be yeah. a lot better, a lot more wiser. They've all lost an FA Cup final, so they'll be they'll be they'll be wanting to win something. And mm. you know, I, I just think that you know it's set up for us. You know, mm. end of the day, mm. that's what I believe anyway. 
But you never know what's going to happen. Football is unpredictable, isn't it? You just don't know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, 100%. 100%. I think your top six is... Is 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 pretty good. I love that you put Chelsea first. If it were, if it were me, I'm gonna I'm gonna be really ballsy and say Everton sixth because I really like Ancelotti and I quite like the business they're doing. Um, and then I think Arsenal fifth, United fourth. I do think Chelsea will be third this season. Then I think it'll be Liverpool, then City. But I do think um, over the next ten years, because we've had a very very strong decade, I think we'll win three or four Premier Leagues over the next decade. Um, I think we'll win a European trophy, and I also think we'll win five domestic cups. So you heard that here first. Okay, I hope so. I believe so as well because, I mean, we okay. Besides last season when we lost, we lost the FA Cup final. We have been winning trophies. So this we got a team of winners. Just need a bit of confidence. I mean, the league is where we sort of haven't performed as well since since Antonio Conte was there. Mm. But um, you know, I, I I personally believe you know, this could be the, this could be the year. It's a great time. You know, it's, for us it's. We've had a great window, and I just think our team is ready to win. You know, ready to to win the title. Let's see mm. what happens, anyway. Mm. But it's so important they start off well. It's important that they go in and attack from the very first minute against Brighton and build that confidence up. A good yeah. win, first game of the season, a good win, will help us. Last season it was the opposite. We lost four 0 So mm. this season, if we can win, you know, win well, that will help. Obviously, set a platform for the rest of the season. Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, like, because of what I tweeted the other day, like, I'm just going to roll with what Franka said, you know. I mean, like, what have I really got to lose? Like, what, what have I got to lose by putting Chelsea first, honestly? Because, like I said, there's just something, you know, I have that feeling. I don't know if you have, like, there's a feel like, for me to just sit here and say, okay, I think we're probably going to finish third, it's just my brain telling me, okay, don't put yourself in any sort of trouble or anything. Just think maybe, I mean, undermine the ability, but this is this window is too good. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's simply too good. And in fact, think of all, all the stuff we were doing last season with the squad we had. The squad we had wasn't horrendous last season, but we've made some massive signings that we're going to upgrade some position. That back line, plus also remember we've got a coach that has a good, I mean, he wasn't a defensive coach, but he's very good with like um, defense and setting up stuff. With that, that, fixing the back line alone, if we just fix the back line, I would have already said we're going to, because a lot of people telling me, okay, we're probably going to like push Liverpool and City and they have good squads. I feel like that's just them trying to like not get themselves too excited, but what have I got to lose? I don't think I'll be disappointed if they don't win the league, you know what I mean? So, I wouldn't be disappointed. So, yeah, I, yeah, I'm with that. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. We, you know, I read a stat. I think we created the second most chances last season in the Premier League. Second mm. most chances. The problem was we couldn't finish the ball. And now yeah. having someone like Timo Werner there, um, Havertz I'm there, a, you know, such... You know, if we create the same amount of chances, I'm pretty sure we'll score more goals. And if we defend better, you know, we want a million miles away. I know Liverpool in the day, they romped it home, but mm. I think we've got a good team. We did, we beat Man City last season, we beat Arsenal, we beat Tottenham. Um, we beat most of the bigger teams last season. Yeah. And obviously, we lost it in the Champions League against Bayern Munich, but those boys would have learned something off the Bayern Munich team. Yeah. At the end of the day, it's all about confidence and... Um, I'm pretty sure if, if, if we win that first game and we start well, then that's going to help us for the rest of the season. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Oh, no, I like that. That was a good... I was probably mm. going to come on here and be like, yeah, third, you know, like, yeah, yeah. But no, no, I, no like that. I like that. I like that. Yeah, there's no point. What's the point? There's no point being Chelsea fan if you're going to think of third position. No, first. Let's go for first. Right, I'll go first. I'll go first. Fuck it. We'll go first. Let's just do it. Let's that's do it. We'll go first. That's the Chelsea Metans right there. Now I love that. I love that. Oh, I mean, but based on all that though, so like I said, I mean, that's what the heart says, but what would make you, so like before we move on to like all the other um, um, questions, because I like to like having the um, follower questions, I've got listener questions, sorry. So um, Prosper is asking, what should be the basis to judge Frank Lampard at the end of the season, considering Chelsea's situation before he came and how it has been considering our transfer window. So, Frank, I mean, obviously with the first position, that's what we would all like love to happen and that's what we can predict. But what would be like the bare minimum that would make you like satisfied for next season? Um, well, to, to win a domestic trophy would be good. Um, yeah. To do well in Champions League, obviously would be good. Um, 
to finish better than fourth, even if you get second or third or something, it's an improvement. Now, at least mm. you've got young players there that will only get better. Mm. So, you know, that's the bare minimum, at least. I'm mm. hoping that he can achieve. Mm. But, you know, I suppose any day, you know, Frank Lampard himself, he, you know, he's, he'll, you know, he's a winner as well. You know, he wouldn't want anything less than winning something. So, and mm. we were lucky. I mean, the FA Cup final, we could have we could have quite easily picked up a trophy last season. We were just unfortunate. Yeah. We had the injuries when we had the injuries in that game, and also the sending off, which wasn't a sending off. You know, we could have easily picked up a trophy last season. Yeah. So, so he's not many miles away mm. last season. So he's obviously improved the squad quite a bit, and there, you know, a lot of them have won trophies. I mean, you talk about Thiago Silva. How many trophies has he won? Mm. Mm. And um, the sign is that I feel people are keep skipping. Thiago, like, the thought, I mean, he's older, I know, but the thought that Thiago Silva is playing for, like, I don't think people understand the caliber of that statement because he's not a mess, but he's one of the, when you're talking about some of the greatest centre-backs of this generation, Thiago yeah. Silva comes up. Do you know what I mean? So the fact that he gets to come in and fix that back line and people telling me he doesn't really speak English, he can bark in any language he likes. You're going to listen. 100%. You know I mean? You're right. So, so. And like you said, if he's um, obviously French speaking, if he has Rudiger Zuma next to him, I'm sure he can speak in French to him and Golo Kante in front of him being French mm -hmm. as well. So, yeah, I'm, I, I think he'll pick it up. I think, I think he'll make a big difference. And I'm just ashamed that he's not playing tomorrow. I was on Monday. I would have loved him to play on Monday. Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's yeah. a great player. And you know what? You don't need to wear the captain's armband to be a leader. And that's, that's, that's the example he'll set and he'll show Chelsea fans and, and other Premier League fans as well that he's, he's got leadership qualities and he just oozes class. He's been absolutely world-class for give or take 10, 15 years. So I think he'll be perfectly fine and will adapt to the Premier League. 100% agree with you there. Mm. Mm -hmm. I like that. I like that question. I like that a lot. Okay. So, Frank, we sort of like cleared out all the, you know, we've cleared out all the, the standard questions everyone was expecting to get on, but we've got quite a few questions. I mean, we're not going to take every single one because, every, I mean, you're a very, very busy man. So, we'll just run through some of them as well. So, um, the first question we've got is from Oshel Bab Swan. I apologize if I'd not pronounced your name correctly. He's asking, when, since when have you been a Chelsea fan and what made you choose Chelsea? So how long have you been a Chelsea fan and why did you become a Chelsea fan? Okay, I've been a Chelsea fan since 1976. So that would be, how many years is that? 76 would be 44 years. Wow. Um, and the reason why I became a Chelsea fan is the school I went, which was a primary school, um, the kids in that class in my class, the majority of them were Chelsea fans. Mm. And the reason why they were Chelsea fans was because of the great 1970-70 team at that time. Mm. I know that's quite a long time ago, but that's when um, Chelsea won the FA Cup. And ultimately, because they supported Chelsea, I supported Chelsea. Mm. And at that time, Chelsea, were, they were in the second division, the championship level at that time. So they weren't exactly winning trophies. And and ever since then, I stuck with them. And that's what you do. You stick with them through thick and thin. Um, you know, we were getting relegated, promoted, relegated, promoted. Mm. And, you know, things started to change in the late 90s when, we, when Rude Ullett came along mm. and we won the FA Cup. And then suddenly from there, we haven't looked back since. We've been winning trophy after trophy. And, and um, it's an amazing feeling when, you're, when your team wins a trophy. Amazing feeling when you win the Champions League. And um, I never regretted that decision. You know, I mean, like, I mean, I'm I'm nowhere near as old. Like, sorry, sorry. <laughs> but like, my uncle, like, cause um, a lot of people always like. I mean, when it comes to Chelsea, people ask about cause I'm what I'm 20 years old, but I and I always have been a Chelsea fan for 20 years. People don't understand how that works. But my um, godfather, so basically, he was he has been a Chelsea fan for 40, 42 years, roughly. For no. Yeah, like 42 years roughly. And he's always telling me about how that I'm lucky that I got like born into the generation just because, I mean, just before Roman Abramovich came in, I started watching football probably when I was like four years old. So I was like, I was born into like the greatness of Chelsea football. So that makes sense. I never had to watch through like any of the struggles of back in the day when Chelsea would get battered and washed up by some of the clubs. 
and having to go to the grounds and all of that. But now that's interesting, you know. So everybody, listen, Frank has been on the train since. He's been on the train for years. He's not today. It's decades and decades. So he's definitely not some of like, you know, some Man City fans. And you know, some of them are just like eight years old, you know, like when they just, you know, just a couple of years back. So he's been on this train for a long time. It wasn't the Roman money at all. And actually speaking of Roman Abramovich, somebody has an interesting question here. CFC underscore Eon is asking, have you met the man and do you have a picture of him as well? I've been in his box. I was invited to his box. Um, mm. He wasn't there. He's very rarely at the matches, actually. Mm. Um, I haven't met him, unfortunately, but I would love to meet him. Mm. Um, but I obviously, I'm not quite sure with his visa issue, whether he, 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 he will be coming in the future or whether he'll visit mm. many times. Mm. But I haven't met the great man, but I would love to meet him. Mm-hmm. I just want to ask this is a bit of like my question so when he came you know when he came and he wanted to take over at the club were you ever expecting that the next two decades were going to be anything like this initially when he came and started spending the money I was very excited I thought we were going to mm-hmm. win everything which we more or less did the only disappointment I think I've had is the fact we've only won one Champions League in that time yeah it was a mess up a few times I thought we could have won it at least three four times but you know, it's best one's better than nothing, I guess. Yeah. The day. Yeah. So um, it made it even more special. But yeah, there was a few seasons where we sort of, I felt we should have won it, and we just lost semi-final here and there, and you know, just didn't quite do it. I thought the Man United 2008 final hurt me in particular because I felt that was the one we should have won, mm. and maybe the Bayern Minute one was the one we should have perhaps lost. But you yeah. know, at least we won one, I guess. Mm. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. I mean, so. Like, I mean, Frank, you know, I like, I know we both, you know, we will have to look through those questions. Everybody's asking about player pictures. You know, I can't ask, I can't ask every single question no because they are different. But so Jam is asking, have you, have you gotten any new pictures with our new signings yet? Have you been able to meet up with them? Okay. I, all right. I can't reveal too much, but I have been invited mm. to problem. But at the moment with the pandemic, um, Chelsea are not allowing visitors to go to Cobham. So mm. that's one of the places where obviously I meet them. Um, I know a few of the players, they do invite me down. They say, come along. Mm. Uh, I want to which ones. So invites there. As soon as, this, soon as things get better, I'll be allowed to go to Cobham. Mm. Um, I also know one of, obviously you mentioned Novello Kante. Yeah. He's always obviously um, inviting me to a few things. I am planning to have um, dinner with one of the players. I can't mention which one. Mm. So that will be very soon. Um, also, I am going to be working with Chelsea. Um, mm. I can't tell you what it is because obviously that's something which is very secretive at the moment. But I will reveal that hopefully in a few weeks' times. Mm. But again, it, the pandemic, unfortunately, what happens with it is a lot of things that used to happen naturally yeah. don't happen naturally. You have to get permission because the worry is, because there's a lot of money in football, if I was to walk, if I was to go there, and you know, and if there was any chance of me having COVID nineteen, and if I was to give it to any of the players, yeah. it could mess up. It could mess up financially for for the for the club. Yeah. So it's difficult at the moment for me to see any players. But I'm watching space. Hopefully soon, sooner mm. than you think, actually. Mm. But yeah, but I'll be having dinner with one of them anyway. So mm. one of the new new signings. I can't tell you which one. Hmm. So I mean, I mean, okay, that's fair enough. Everyone, watch this space. Listen, listen. You don't like listen. Frank, at Frank Khalid UK. Look out for the app. Follow me. I mean, I know you already follow this man. I mean, if you follow me, you follow Frank Khalid. But let's be real here. But Frank, I've got another interesting question here. Let's see if you're going to be able to. Oh, I re- I, I apologize. Person who asked this question, I can't really find your at anymore. But basically, they were asking. Who has been like, um, who have been some of the nicer players? Because obviously you take a lot of pictures of a lot of the different players that we've had at Chelsea, like from a long time ago up until now. So which um, of the players, do you remember being very, very nice about it? Because obviously you have some players that are just like, yeah, go on, it's not a problem. Which ones were like really nice about it and took their time? And do you remember any, would you be willing to talk about any players that uh, were a bit not too, not too nice with uh, you wanting to have no them? Problem. Yes. No problem. Yeah. So, so what I'll do is I'll tell you, because I've, I've been meeting players for the last 20, 20 odd years. So I'll tell you, I'll tell you one from 20 years ago and I'll tell you one from now. Okay. So um, 
so as far as the nice ones, um, or should I say the nicest one? Okay. Uh, that's probably because they're all nice, actually. Majority okay. of them are. Um, 20 odd years ago, the nicest player that I met, who I thought really went out of his way, was Gianfranco Zola, one of the nicest mm. guys you can ever meet. Mm. And I remember I went to, at that time, a lot of the players had their pre-match meal in um, the East Stand. And where my season ticket was, mm. was right next to where the players had their pre-match meal. And, I, and my nephew, who was only 10 at the time, mm. wanted, wanted to take a photo with Zola. Mm. And I was sitting there, I said, well, you have to wait, you have to wait. And the next thing I know is he walks off without me knowing there and goes to Zola, who's eating his meal at the time, mm. who got off his chair, took the picture with him, signed his autograph. So he was one of the, you know, and so many occasions when I met Zola, he was one of the nicest guys that I've ever met. Now, currently, current, current nice guys, I think they all are nice, I'll be honest with you. Every mm. one of them now have time to talk to you, they'll speak to you, they'll ask how you are. But if you're asking me the nicest one, it has to be my mate, um, Nagolo Kante. Mm. I mean, you can't get nicer than what he's done. I, I, I had a, about two years ago, I had a heart attack and um, mm -hmm. I ended up in hospital having a triple bypass and Nagolo Kante came and visited me in hospital. You, wow. can't, you can't get nicer than that. Wow. Now, going to your other, obviously, part of the question, oh, which was <laughs> the not so nice ones. I can't tell you any current ones because I know a lot of them and it'd be unfair of me to mention any current ones, but I'll mention a past one to you. Okay. Um, go, again, going back 20 odd years ago, there was a player, he was our record signer at the time, who was our striker, and his name was Chris Sutton. I don't know if you know who Chris Sutton is. Yes, he, yes, yes. I found him very awkward. I mean, he wasn't horrible. He was just a very awkward person. Mm. And um, he didn't come across as a very nice guy at the time. And to be honest with you, I spoke to a lot of people, they say, they say the similar sort of thing. So past Chris Sutton, very few players, I think now, I think they're all actually, they've all been, you know, they've been brought up in the club, they've been taught to um, speak nicely to the fans. You know, they're more educated now than they were, God knows how many years ago. So things have changed a little bit. So the past Chris Sutton, current, I don't think there is many. Oh, there's hardly anyone that I can say has been horrible to me. Mm, mm, mm. That's that's interesting to know. That's interesting. I mean, Chris Sutton. I mean, like a lot of things, like a lot of these players. When you um look at them on TV, you don't when especially when they play so well. I mean, you know, I mean, you don't really. You just you know, it's one of the things where you see someone from afar, and because of how much you enjoy them on the pitch or you enjoy them on television, you just assume they come with like naturally bubbly and nice personalities. But that's not usually not the case. I think sometimes, look, I think sometimes he was going for a hard time at Chelsea. I don't know if you remember. Mm. I know you're 20 years old, so you probably can't even remember. Mm. But yeah, he signed for us in 2000. And he was going for a very difficult time. He wasn't scoring goals. He was our record signing. And I think he scored three goals in the whole season, something like that. And I think he scored mm. his first goal against Man United, which was three months after we signed him. So he was struggling big time. So... You know, it could be, the, could be that reason why he wasn't very happy when I met him. He was miserable. Mm. Things weren't going right. Mm. You know, he made this big move and he, things just wasn't going right for him at the time. So, you know, there's always a reason behind why someone isn't happy. Mm. Mm. So that could be the reason. I mean, he could be a genuine nice guy. I don't know. But whenever I met him that season, 2000 season, he was just miserable. To, you know, just didn't want to speak to anyone. Mm. Mm. Well... Uh, I mean, I guess, I guess that's, I guess that's, that's fair, I guess. But, well, Frank, we've got one more question for you before we wrap up. This one I've got, like, I can't really drop any ads because they're like, I don't know, what, 15, <laughs> no 17 different people <laughs> asking no one question. Question is, how do you do it? How do you take all these pictures? That's what everybody's like. How do you go about, how do you do this? Well, first thing first, you, uh, I'm a fan. That's the important mm. thing. Like you are yeah. a fan. Yeah. And when you get invited to somewhere like Cobham, you want to take pictures with the players, don't you? Because you're a fan. Yeah. Naturally, if anybody was in my position, they would do it as well. Mm. Um, because obviously, when you're invited by the player, by a player, okay. and obviously the players know that you're a fan, yeah. they more than well, they're more than happy to take a photo with you. So whenever I go down there, obviously take a photo. It's a memory. And mm. I think in the day, 
it's like anything. When you're on holiday, you take pictures. Yeah. When you go and see your your favorite club and your players that you you admire week in week out, you take pictures. And it's not just obviously of your own players. I've been I've been lucky enough to be invited to other clubs as well. And again, you'll take pictures as well. It's just a happy memory. But yeah, just been very lucky. I think lucky and it, it it's a, I suppose it's, it's who you know, not what you know, isn't it? Really. Yeah. So yeah, that's how, that's how I've been doing it really. Just been lucky, I guess. Fair enough. I mean, you've got to respect it, really. You like like that's that's just how the thing is. So, listeners, you've heard it from the man himself. You know, listen, this episode was I love this episode because you know Frank prevent like he didn't just let J and I do the standard. You know, come in with like trying to always be like level headed and like trying to protect. Just went all out. We spoke our minds. You know, I never thought I was going to see Chelsea first season. I've tweeted about it, but I didn't think I'd do that. But Frank, thank you so much for coming on to this episode of SW6 Daily Podcast. I really, really do appreciate it. Is there any final words you have before you leave? Before you leave us, uh, leave us today. Yeah, um, my final word would be to all Chelsea fans: get behind the team, be positive. None of this negative stuff on the, on on Twitter. Let's not start, you know. Let's not start criticizing any players if things start to go wrong. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I really hate about Twitter, yeah. is when any of our players make one mistake, then all of a sudden we ridicule them. Mm. Um, I know personally a lot of the players message me and 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 they're hurt by some of the comments. I had one player who actually messaged me who was pretty upset. I mean, they're already hurt if they lose a game if they make a mistake. But my message to Chelsea fans is stay positive. And, you know, if we all stick together, hopefully we'll be, um, hopefully we'll get to see our team live. Uh, they were talking about October fans starting to go back in there, get behind the boys and let's enjoy, enjoy this season. It's, you know, we're gonna be, it's going to be a great season for us. Mm, mm. And that's it. I, wonder, I mean, I 100% agree. Like, I mean, a lot, and thing is, my, I mean, we can do Twitter as a last, we can have a whole episode on Twitter because of how that platform is. Well, not to uh, not to take too much time off that, but Frank, thank you so much for coming on. Everybody, you've got your little tidbits. I need you to follow Frank Khalid UK if you don't already. If you don't, I don't know how you found this episode, but anyways, Frank, thank you so much for coming on. We'll definitely be having you on sometime later on the season because I know you're a very, very busy man. Thank you for taking your time out to come on to this episode. Jay, thank you so much for, for co-hosting this episode with me. I really do appreciate it. And play around listen i do not play around when i tell you i bring on big guests i bring on big guests i bring the best of the best with top top information and guys i hope you enjoyed this one i will catch you guys in the next episode okay cheers bye-bye